Welcome to the Grow to Gold podcast. On today's episode, I have the CEO of Titan, David Williamson, as well as the GM, Chrissy Coonrod, on here. I am super excited to meet with both of them. This is the first time I've ever interviewed two people at one time, so this should be interesting, twice the fun. So let's jump right in. Feel free, whichever you want to, uh, whichever one of you wants to take this one, but give us the origin story of Titan. Where did the company come from and what's the backstory? That's probably me, right? Yeah, there's no better person to answer that. Okay. Than you. <laughs> uh, so Titan started on March 1st, 2013. And it was the company was born out of the desire for myself and my business partner, Kyle Badome, who were working at another solar company who's now out of business, um, to control the, the process. Meaning uh, we watched the previous companies that we worked for uh, let a salesperson build up a massive pipeline of commission and then find a way to screw them over we watched installers get paid as 1099, which is illegal contracting, which still happens today. We watched office staff get paid $12 an hour when they're doing jobs that are $20 an hour jobs. Um, and we said, there has to be a better way of doing this. So uh, in uh, the end of 2012, I had access to a contractor's license from my father-in-law. He had a dormant contractor's license in Arizona, never had a bank account, never used it. And I went to him and said, can I have that for now until I can buy it from you? And this guy, Kyle, is going to be my business partner. And my father-in-law said, well, I don't know this guy, Kyle. I said, well, I'll introduce you to him. So uh, over the course of the next four or five months, we were setting up the company. And on March 1st, we launched. And it was just Kyle and I. And we thought we were just going to be a, uh, a solar contractor that went out and sold contracts. I was a salesperson. Kyle was a, a leasing agent. He worked at Suncap Financial. We thought we'd go out and sell some deals and then find an installer to install them. We actually subbed out our, one of our first installs to a company that is here in Arizona that hijacked the experience from us. So we realized we didn't like that anymore. And then on our second install, we said, you know what? I think we should just do it ourselves. I actually, I didn't say that. My father-in-law said, you should do it yourselves. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty handy, but I don't know how to install solar. So our first install was in May. Our first sale was in March. First install was in May. Because uh, we've always taken 60 days to do installs, right, Chris? Yeah. yeah. Right? It was super slow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we did our first install, and Kyle and I were literally on the roof and bought tools the day before. And we we're looking up YouTube videos on our phones on how to install a roof attachment for tile. And the customer, Fred Millett, is very involved. He's an older guy, close to retiring, and he wanted to be up on his roof watching us. And it was a very safe roof. Uh, but he was still like over my shoulder looking around and I had to tell Kyle, I'm like, Hey, why don't you walk Fred downstairs and show him the inverter because I needed to see how to install. And it took us three <laughs> days, it, it took us three days to install that one job. And it's the kind of install today that any one of the crews here in our warehouse in Arizona would take four hours to do and then probably sit on the ground for three hours so, right. they, so they can milk the clock. Right. Sons of bitches. <laughs> um, so that's, that was our experience getting into install is, uh, having to do it with no training, no practice, no nothing. And Kyle and I did one or two installs a week for the rest of that year until we started getting busy enough where uh, one of us couldn't leave the office because there was only two of us. So uh, we would literally put up a sign that says, deliveries next door. Well, the, uh, the people next door were sick of taking pallets of solar panels as deliveries. And Kyle had to stay back. One of us had to volunteer to stop doing that hard work on the roof. Kyle's mm -hmm. like, I'll do it. I'm like, you know what? You're so damn noble, Kyle. I'm 10 years older than you, but you'll stay back. Um, and if Kyle was here today, he'd show you his hands. He's no worker. Uh, he doesn't like that stuff. He hires people. He's, he doesn't landscape. Yeah. I don't landscape either. 
Uh, well, I used to. Point is, uh, that's how we started is we had to do the construction work ourselves and that's helped us grow the business because we know, we understand how operations works. We understand like when uh, an installer is overworked, we know when they're underpaid and we can, we have an appreciation for the work because we did it ourselves. So that's kind of the origin of how Titan started. Um, there's a much longer story for, from that point to where we are today, but that's the, how about that for the first question answered? I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it. So it makes total sense because I, this is the first time I've had the opportunity to chat with both of you and I've been watching a ton of your content and preparation for this. And I kind of had a feeling you were a salesperson, David. I didn't know. <laughs> you just, uh, you don't have that operations like rigidness where there's no fun in you. So right. it's, it's cool to see that. So going from this point, so how did you guys get to the point? Like I had Dan Larkin, the CEO of Solo on here. I'm sure you guys, a lot of people that use Titan use Solo as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it sounds like their, their company, for example, their backend process, they navigated directly from that to now that's all they do. You guys don't really have internal sales, if I'm correct on that. You just do installations for other companies. Is that accurate? Correct. When we, when we were growing the company in the beginning, in the first year, uh, we had salespeople coming to us that used to, that I used to be the sales manager at another company. And they're like, oh, can we go where you are now? Of course. So we had about 12 salespeople and we would, uh, that's around the time when we had about 12 salespeople, internal salespeople that had Titan shirts and Titan email addresses that uh, I asked if I could, I asked Christy if she wanted a job because I couldn't handle it anymore. I was still doing uh, the ordering for all the product. I would still on occasion go out on installs and I was staging the jobs, just doing all of operations, but I was also doing sales. Kyle was doing uh, the, uh, the bookkeeping and the accounting and setting up of our LLCs. And I just was getting spread too thin. And I knew Chrissy from, I've known Chrissy, she's 31 years old, but I've known her for about 21 years. Yeah. So uh, just happened to run into her uh, at a friend's house and said, hey man, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I love my job where I am. And I go, how much do you make? And she goes, I don't love it anymore. <laughs> Now that I can make more at your place. So um, she, we, uh, we hired Chrissy and she became my like uh, assistant sales, assistant sales manager. But she was like sales coordinator. Sales, was yeah. The, was the original the title was sales title. coordinator. Yeah. yeah. What would you do? You used to take the leads that come in and set yeah. the appointments. Mm -hmm. I used to call on the leads. They would go to my cell phone and I'd have to call on them right away. And um, so I did that, managed the salespeople, set the appointments for them. Like, told that had to follow up and see, did it close? Did it not close? What's going on? And then they would send me all of the paperwork for the sale. I'd put it in our CRM, schedule the site survey, manage their commissions, do all of that. She started, so on started as a front end sales thing. And we remember we were setting up home shows. We got yeah, pictures of us setting shows. up 10 by 10 home shows, just Chrissy and I yep. building the set. And then they, were, they would work it and then we'd go break it down at the end. Um, but around that same time that all that was happening, uh, a sales company was formed and it doesn't really matter who they're called. Let's call them ABC solar uh, was a group of guys that wanted to form a sales company and use us for fulfillment. And we said, okay, we had kind of done that before with someone else, but it was a, it was a fail when we did it with them. And so we started with that company and that model became what we wanted to go after sales dealers, mm -hmm. not salespeople. Cause it's easier to manage one, the head of one organization as opposed to 12 individuals. Correct. The first time, the first time this happened was the last time this happened. One day, uh, our sales team, one of the sales teams we were working with, uh, the ABC Solar went out and sold the customer. And it just so happens they had an appointment with us as well from a lead that came in. 
and one of our people went out and sold the deal out from under them. And they actually sold them at a higher price. And so the sales organization said, hey man, that's not fair. Uh, and at first I was like, well, why? They're just, that's kind of this competition, is it? And they go, no, because the customer has more confidence in your guy because he's wearing a Titan shirt. He's got a Titan email address. Right. I'm going direct. I'm going direct. He was bragging about how he's going direct and that's why the customer would pay more. And we said, that isn't fair. So that commission was, that full commission was paid out to the, the internal sales guy and the full commission was paid out to the sales organization. And the deal just got installed. We told the salesman, hey, you're just going to walk away from the deal. Let them have credit for the sale, but I'll pay you the full commission. So we made no money on that deal at all. It was a throwaway deal for us. And we were doing that at a time when we had 20 deals on the board and right. that's it. Right. Like we didn't have hundreds of deals coming in per week. Right. It was literally 20 deals that was in cycle. So it was a massive hit to our bank account to give away all that money. But by doing that, we showed the sales organization that we valued their business and we went to our sales team and we said, Hey, we have great news for you. You're all fired. And they said, what, what do you mean fired? We're all 1099. And I said, yeah, that's the, that's the even better news. It doesn't really affect you guys. Yeah. Just give back the shirts. We're turning off your email addresses. You can still sell right. solar. You just got to come up with some catchy name. Uh, you know, just pick a word and misspell it like everyone else does. Take out the vowels. Yeah. Take out the vowels. <laughs> United so, Energy. <laughs> so from there, that's so interesting. So you, your, your vision was both of you was very clear from the beginning that we don't want to deal with salespeople. We want to deal with sales organizations. We want to just be an installation partner. And that, that was it. It wasn't necessarily not dealing with salespeople because like, they like dealing with salespeople, it's yeah. That, yeah, it's, it's the, um, it's the having an internal team and having, have a sales manager right. who follows up on leads and then providing leads and then having a different pay scale for the internal people versus the external people. Mm -hmm. Sure. It creates too many layers of management and it will create eventually if someone does that. And I know a lot of uh, contractors that have both channels and I hear from people that do business with them. Uh, a sales team uses some installer in California and I can't say, I'm not going to say their name, but Flifflinity. And they have an inside team and they have an external team and uh, an external person says, I know they're going to treat the internal, the internal installs better than mine. Mm -hmm. They just, they just think it and they might not, but they're like, they make more revenue off them because right. the red line's higher. You're like, yeah, but they have, they're providing leads and all that. Right. So the, it creates a divide between the direct sales and the sales channel. And it's just not a good, it's not a good culture fit for, the sales teams because they think they're going to get screwed. Everyone thinks they're going to get screwed in the solar industry. Oh, you're going to screw me on my pay. You're going right. to screw me on my install. Yeah. You're going to screw me on my adders. Uh, and none of that's the case. Like those are things that happen, but we don't want that perception at all. We don't want internal sales teams. And I'm not saying we never will, but it would have to be a very controlled and very um, um, clear situation of how we were doing it. And we wouldn't want to take resources away from our sales partners or our sales teams that depend on us. Right. Sure. So just to take a step back a little bit, because I love how you both just bootstrapped the hell out of this. You came in, Chrissy was taking phone calls to her cell phone. David was watching YouTube videos before getting up on the roof and doing installs. I thought you were going to say in that story, you were asking Fred to hold the video up so you could watch how to actually do it. But I didn't get that point. Yeah. So how important do you both think it was that you literally have done almost every single job in this company from a base level to get to the point now where you've done over 100,000 installs? Um, it's extremely important, uh, from my perspective, I mean, I'm Chrissy can speak, uh, to what she does on the day-to-day -day basis of knowing all the jobs, but as a, as the CEO now, and you know, people talk about, Oh, David's the CEO and 
eight years ago I was making 40 grand and I had no title. I didn't have business cards. <laughs> so I didn't go to, I didn't go to college for uh, and major in CEO. <laughs> I didn't go to college at all either. So uh, the point is uh, become a CEO and someone's like, Oh, this person runs this company. Yes. But the knowledge I had from doing solar installs, I've done every type of install. I've done installed on metal, uh, shingle, tile, uh, commercial flat roof. I've done all the installs. So if I can look at a job, if I know that the hours, the labor hours, Kyle, my business partner will contact me and say, Hey, the Carolinas, the labor rates out of control. And I'll check out the labor rate and I go, yeah, it is out of control. And then we'll dive into jobs on an individual basis and say, why did that team take eight hours to do that five kilowatt system? That was 30 minutes from the office. Then you find out there's inefficiencies in the jobs as they were staged. They didn't go out with the right materials. You trace the source back to the warehouse manager, which I was a warehouse manager for the first two warehouses and the ordering process, which I ordered all the equipment for the first two years. Having done all the operation side has been really, really helpful. And I was this in-home sales guy for 20 years before this. I'm 48 years old. I've been around a long time. I know I look young. I'm looking at myself in the mirror, the <laughs> camera right now, trying not to get distracted. Let's go. Is, that's the, for my side. So Chrissy on the inside, uh, and Chrissy's title is general manager, but we're changing it this year. We're going to have, uh, it's probably going to be VP of inside ops. Cause that's Ooh. more like, it doesn't congrats, come right. Congrats yeah. on the promotion. Congrats on your longer business card and your same that's agent. It. Relax. Um, that's great. But you've done like what she was starting to say when she was the sales coordinator that dovetailed into go ahead and taking in the deal. So you did deal intake scheduling scheduling. Uh, and she's used to sit next to design and, uh, utility. Right. So she would literally be Finance. sitting there going, get that done, do that, do that. Right. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it done? Why isn't it faster? Right. And so that, that experience, I swear that I am the luckiest person in the industry. I say it all the time, having started at Titan when it was, you know, when there was, you know, four people in the office, um, and being able to just experience the growth and see every single scenario that could come up. And, um, you know, there, there are scenarios that happen every day that, you know, didn't, that I haven't experienced, but for the most part, I always have an answer, but it's because I made choices. I failed and, or I learned from David or, um, just knowing the process inside and out when from finance to PTO, like it's just, it's, um, it's been a huge blessing. I'm super lucky. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the gratitude and just the, the dynamic between the two of you, because it's just so clear that you two have something special to top. And I'm sure that just trickles down to the rest of the organization. So in terms of moving forward from here, so you guys are kind of just getting started. I like to make sure we, we go through this whole story. So you guys are getting started. David mentioned before there was a whole bigger story from where you were to how you got to the 100,000 plus mark. So what are some of the highlights? You know, what are some of the pain points? What are, what are things that have happened along the way? Because I really want to make sure people understand that no business is all sunshine and rainbows. Um, there was a, there was a bunch of kind of milestone moments that were uh, negative, but got through them. Uh, in the beginning, when we started taking on our first sales company, the, the go-to product that people were selling was the Sun Edison lease with the Sun Edison panels. Well, there you go. And, yeah. <laughs> so we had, uh, we had about like a 20 or so jobs in yeah. the pipeline and they started, Sun Edison started paying us slower and slower. We saw the writing on the wall. We knew what was coming, but we wanted to keep doing the installs. And at some point, the rep, remember it was Matt Kelly at the time, Matt Kelly mm -hmm. comes to us say, hey, we're going bankrupt. And uh, Sun Edison owes you all this money and they'll pay you in panels. But like, if you're going bankrupt, the panels won't mean anything because they won't have warranty. He's like, right. 
<laughs> so we ended up putting them on a bunch of friends' houses because they still work. I have right. them on one of my old houses. They still work, but they were 270 watt panels. And he goes, uh, plus you have about, um, there's about 10 or 15 kits that are in your warehouse where we shipped you the equipment, but you're not going to get funded anything. So you have panels and inverter, but you have no money coming in off that deal. Well, I went to, at the time I went to my, I went to Kyle and I went to the, my, uh, my wife was working for us at the time. I went to both of them and said, Hey man, we're not, you know, we're not going to get paid on these deals. I said, yeah, we got to cancel these contracts. We can't do the installs now. And I go, no, we have to do the installs anyway. And they said, yeah, but we won't make any money. In fact, if we, every dime we spend on the jobs, we just lose money. It's not just not making money. We, we go into our bank account by doing these installs and paying full commission. And I said, yeah, but if we, if we do that, the sales company goes out of business and the salesperson, the commission only salesperson who went out to the house, did his job, sat for three hours, right. begged the customer to buy from them, got the deal. <laughs> Three, you know, three weeks later, we say, hey, that deal's dead. And he goes, what did I do wrong? Goes, you didn't do anything wrong. You're great. But Sun Edison's going out of business. They still don't get it. They're like, but I don't get it. What did I do wrong? You know what? So we did about 15 installs when we didn't have the real capacity and money. Like today, it's not a brag to say we have several millions of dollars in the bank that we used to churn the business. Back then, we had a couple hundred thousand dollars and we were going to give about 50 to 60 of it away, just give it away. So that was a tough one to sell Kyle and my wife on. Um, I barely did that. Uh, yeah. God you did. I know, I didn't get to sleep with either one of them for a week. <laughs> where, where does, just, just David, real quick, and Chrissy, you feel free to jump in. Where does this clarity of like, this is gonna work because you're only making long-term decisions like that when you know this is gonna work. I don't think we had a clarity decision that was going to work. It just was the right thing to do. Right. I was a commission only sales guy for 20 years. I, would, I was thinking about it from my perspective. I would be pretty upset if I wasn't going to get my commission that I was counting on. Right. Commission only salespeople build up a bank of money that comes sure. to them in a certain cadence. When it gets interrupted, they haven't saved their money. They, they're, I mean, I was a commission only sales guy. I can speak from right. experience. We just spend all the money we get. Right. So we don't have a big savings thing for when some, when two weeks happen of dry sales, we just have to freak out and stress out and go sell even harder. So that was what, how I was thinking about it. And we absorbed that and quickly pivoted to Sunrun. And then we took off with Sunrun and, and that was how we got through that. But that sales organization definitely would not have survived. And they became our biggest sales org for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then we took off with Sunrun around that time, shortly after the, we got through the Sun Edison debacle, uh, we were moving across the street to a slightly bigger office. Right around that same time, Envy Energy shut down net metering from that from the season before. So, like what six, eight, six or seven years ago, they shut down uh, net metering. So all the salespeople in Nevada and Vegas had jobs they wanted to keep. They wanted to stay selling solar. And they said, "What is similar to Vegas without the casinos and all the fun?" Arizona. <laughs> so they migrated down to Arizona, and by that time, we had a small name for ourselves. Then we had a bunch of companies coming to us. They were literally calling my cell phone because my cell phone was the only customer service number. It was right. six foot, wait, 480 694 There it is. It still exists, but it was on all of our vans. They uh, were calling in going, can we sell for you guys? We said, okay. So our intake started coming, started skyrocketing. We went and, Chris, and Chrissy was responsible for that in time for making sure that process was seamless for the new sales dealers. That we were had to train all the new orgs on the paperwork to turn in. And wow. this is back when they were doing paper contracts and the hand. Paper contracts. Oh my gosh. Wow. We would scan them in. <laughs> so we had that happening. And then around the exact same time, someone 
somehow the Spanish selling community in the Valley found out that the CEO or the, there was a sales manager, just mean the guy who runs Titan speaks Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> and so they were coming in the front door going, Estoy buscando por David. and I was sitting at the front desk and I'm like, yo soy David. They're like, oh, tu sientas aquí? I'm like, yeah, we does. Que pasa? Right. And uh, they, have, they would start talking to me and they go, oh, we're working at this other company, but they're ripping our heads off. Can we work for you? We gave them red lines, taught them how to sell because they were not selling correctly. I remember Elena Quintero, I don't know. So those two things, Vegas shutting down, all those salespeople migrating here, the Spanish market coming to us, made us go from two install crews to 15 install crews within about uh, six to eight months. We were taking on a new one or two new install crews every couple of weeks. Yeah. And the install communities, one thing the sales community found out about Titan and wanted to flood us with deals, the install community found out that we were paying uh, installers way too much. Like, because we were, we were paying at that time, installers oh, yeah. were making like between 18 to $22 an hour right. for the electrician. Mm -hmm. We were paying between 30 and 40. Yeah. Wow. So we've always paid more for the job. And it goes back to, you can't pay a guy $12 an hour to haul panels out on a roof when it's 110 degrees out. Because you've done it before, you're saying this job isn't worth 12. This job is worth 20 minimum. It's yeah. dangerous. It's not that much fun. In the wintertime, it's easy. But um, in Arizona. Yeah, in Arizona. In Arizona. That's what I was about to say. So, <laughs> who was, so were you the one, David, or was it Kyle, or was it somebody else? Who was responsible for training up all of these installation people? Because Chrissy obviously had her hands full with the sale with the salespeople. Was that you? So, who was responsible for that? Because that sounds like a huge underbringing as well. The installers that were coming to us were full crews coming from other solar companies. So they were turnkey? So they were turnkey. They didn't need much uh, guidance at all. We didn't have our first field supervisor until we had almost 10 crews. Like Liam was the operations manager, but right. they all hated him because he didn't relate to the installers. And then we, Juan <laughs> took over Juan. and he was more relatable. Right. Um, so we didn't have to, I didn't have to go in and train new people. We had fully baked uh, install teams coming to us. I mean, they would pull up in their Sunrun van Four guys would, they would pull the Sunrun van would pull up in front of our office. Four guys would get out, come inside with their shirts on still, yep. build out applications, and they were working the next week yeah. because we were paying them almost $10 an hour more than what they were making. Wow. And it seemed like a joke to them. Like there was chatter. Uh, it's funny because salespeople today all chat via Instagram and a little bit of Facebook. Installers always chat with each other on what? Snapchat. They love Snapchat. Not <laughs> just Snapchat, they would snap <laughs> each other all the time. How much they were getting paid over at Titan, and other was like, "That's not true, man. That's not going to work. They're going out of business." That's obviously Hispanic accent. We're in Arizona. <laughs> Point is, they flooded us because we were paying them more for the what they're uh, what they were doing, and it was right. Everyone else was just ripping their heads off, making them make too little of money for too dangerous of a job. And we, of course, grew our HR department and came up with benefits and 401k. We have a lot more benefits than most install companies, especially the smaller ones. We have, we treat our installers way different. And I used to be out in the warehouse every single day. And I, I, I worked with some of those guys out there. I worked with Juan on, mm -hmm. on a roof. Mm -hmm. So they all have, not today, no one has seen me on a roof in a while, but they all know, oh, David used to install. So, you know. You were on a roof for National Install Day. Yeah, but it was, it's mostly a photo op. I wasn't breaking no, sweat. Exactly. Actually, I did sweat. You yeah, come on. Just yeah, climbing, the climbing the ladder was a lot. So in, in It was a lot. I just wait. Yeah. I had to make sure the ladder was reinforced. It was a one story. <laughs> so the quote was a one story. 
That's it. He just stepped up there. In terms of the actual, so your all of your eggs are the the thing about Titan is you guys don't have all your eggs in one basket, right? I mean, you have all these different companies. Because the biggest thing I've seen, I've been in this industry for eight nine years at this point. When all of your sales and all of your installers are fully dependent on having deal flow coming from one sales team, that sales manager leaves, the sales reps get pissy, they leave. Now all of a sudden you're in a precarious situation. Because you have all of these people you're paying. Workers comp is, is insane for installation people. So to be in a situation now where you have installers, they probably feel very safe because you guys have to have what? I mean, sure, Chrissy knows this number. How many sales dealers now are, are selling through Titan? Well, I mean, active, I mean, it's active in the pipeline. There's about 300 to 400 right. active wow. sales companies. But on right. a weekly basis, we get submissions from about 120. Mm-hmm. And we do get we do get sales teams that submit one and two jobs a week, but uh, we have some that are top heavy. We have you know Legacy is our biggest one, and they sub, they submit the most. They just did a um, thousand a week the other week. They did a thousand a week the other week. They turned in about three fifty to us because yep. they they do their own installs because no one really can handle a thousand a week, especially yeah, sure. as, as it's spread out amongst all the markets. But uh, yeah, if we ever lost any one sales partner, uh, we would keep moving and keep going. It's right. not like we aren't dependent on one. And we recognize when we have a big volume coming from one and we're, we're cognizant of that. We say, Hey, we don't want to get tied to one too tight, too tightly because if they decide to pull the pipeline, we've got to keep all these people employed at the size we are now. We have 188 install crews, 188 wow. W2 install crews, not subcontractors. They're our employees. We've got over 1800 employees nationwide. Uh, we really care about those people having jobs and not worrying about their job next week. We're not going to have a gap or a hiccup in payroll. That's what that's what struggling companies call it. Oh, we had a hiccup in payroll. We need <laughs> yeah. money. So we heard about that happening this year to some other company, and they're no longer around. We're not going to have that happen. And when winter time comes and labor force is uh, when we have too many installers relative to deal flow, because no one's going to be selling the rest of this week and next week they're going to take time off all the salespeople that are commission only are going to celebrate christmas and new year's well we might have four man crews that don't have work for the day we're not going to lay them off or fire them we'll take four guys and spread them out so we have four teams that have five man crews and their their jobs will go easier and faster or we'll encourage them to take their time off during this time of year but and the message to all of our departments internally is hey like take this time take this slow time and get everything caught caught up. up like figure it out because once summer comes, that's when it's going to get crazy again, but use this time wisely. Right. That's the message. Mm, that's powerful. So where is the, where does Titan go from here? You know, a lot of these companies are taking this time right now to innovate going into 2022. Hopefully we get this ITC extension. What are you, what, what are you both seeing for the future of this industry? Well, we see the industry. So the solar industry is going to be even bigger and better next year relative to how, how accommodating, the industry is towards salespeople. I don't like to, I said that in a way, because I don't like to say, make it easier for salespeople because a salesperson does not have an easy job. Going and knocking on a door and creating a lead and then getting that lead to hold and then getting an appointment with them and then selling them is hard work. So I don't want to say that. But the more tools we give salespeople, whether it's Solo or Sonobi or whatever quoting tool they're using, uh, we've goodly giving them more and more options for financing with lower and lower first payments. And there's already going to be a 26% tax credit for next year. So we know that's solid. If they extend it for another however many years and increase it to 30, 
and change it from a tax credit to a rebate, mm -hmm. it's going to make selling solar, like I said, more accessible for the customer. Right. More salespeople will get into it because they'll want to, you know, they'll want to make the money they can. And right now, right. sales in the solar industry is, D, is not regulated at all like it was mortgages back in the day. Right. So salespeople can make a lot of money and this customer can save money and the installers can make a little bit of money. And we are making a little bit of money per install. Um, people see on social media that, you know, I've got a big shoe collection. Yeah. Because we're doing 188 installs a day, not because wow. we make $10,000 per install. We make very <laughs> small amounts of money per install. So the industry is going to be even better this year. We'll have more installers probably popping up, trying to keep up with the volume. Uh, I see it as like the, the, the future is very bright for us. The things we're doing to innovate, we're trying to make it easier for the salespeople on our side. We have a CRM that is very not sales friendly. It's, it's really operations friendly, but a salesperson looks at it and they get confused. Ah. Yeah, it's probably written in Greek. Right. Like, they're all like three syllable words and salespeople don't like big words. Right. They like money. No, they don't. No. Right. Yeah. So, so, are you so are you investing in building out a sales side that's a bit more user friendly? Yeah, we, it's already on the app store. We're not, uh, it's in sandbox right now, but the Titan solar power app exists and someone can download it now and we're going to be handing out logins probably in the next month, but we'll have, uh, a, an easier or friendly, uh, door knocking app or door, door knocking widget within the app mm -hmm. called route. We're going to have sales management tools within the app. So everything will be more of a friendly version and that should make salespeople happier that their deal is stuck is stuck in our pipeline. Actually, they're stuck in our pipeline because they get stuck all the time. Their deals are with stuck, us. Stuck with us. Stuck with us. <laughs> they'll, make, they'll be happier that the deals are with us so they can have more visibility on a mobile app and they can look at it on a desktop too. But we're trying to make it easier for salespeople to manage their pipeline because salespeople should be on some level a little bit managing their pipeline. For if sure. You sell someone today and as soon as you can install it, it's eight weeks because of jurisdiction and utility. I want the salesperson staying in contact with a customer. I can have a customer service rep here, call the customer every week and give them an update. And they're going to go, who are you? Who are yeah. you? They remember the salesperson if the salesperson makes themselves you know, memorable. Right. But if they sell them, throw the deal over their shoulder and go knock the next door and they don't care about the previous one, that's not a very solid deal. So we encourage them to stay on top of their clients, You know, get the docs you need. Don't just churn and burn and go back home after working 10 days on the road. What's your thoughts? And just before you jump in, Chrissy, what's your thoughts? And, and feel free to answer this one. Obviously, Freedom just had the Vivint deal, right? With the idea of locking in customers sooner in the process once the smart home gets installed. Do you see anything like that potentially coming Titan's way? We already have the ability to do that. We have a smart home kit that's branded Titan, uh, a company that does business to business for that kind of product. We've had it for a bit. We've had it for a while. We pre-bought um, 500 kits. So we have the Titan smart home kit. If someone wants to use that as the way to make the deal sticky, the truth is you can go to someone's house, sign them to Goodly, build in the cost of that smart home kit, <clears throat> pardon me, install the smart home kit the next day or two days later, customer can still cancel in three, four weeks. And they could say, I'm canceling my loan, I'm canceling my deal. And you can come pick up your smart home kit. And what can the solar contract do contractor do besides say, no, you're in a contract and we're going to hold your feet to the fire. So then the contractor is going to get a complaint from the Better Business Bureau or the local news or just going to get bad reviews. And that deal is still going to be canceled. We try to go after the customer for some $4,000 cancel fee. You're not going to get it because you have to take them all the way to court. And the customer is going to say, I never even signed it because it's DocuSign. I don't, I don't sign like that. The rep signed for me in the house. 
Now we're going to geostamp it and say, yeah, it was done in the house, but the rep could have easily forged the signature. There's way too, mm. it's way too risky for me. If a customer wants to cancel, I don't want to trick them into sticking with the deal when, the, when a solar uh, deal pipeline wise can take 60 days, depending on the market and can take a month, depending on other markets. Customer wants to cancel after two weeks because they have buyer's remorse or they just don't want it because they made a sale that they weren't even thinking about making. Okay. Don't take the deal. Right. Like let, I'm okay with letting them out of it. I don't like it when we get all the way to install day and we've updated them during the entire process. Like, Hey, your permits in, Hey, your design is in, right. Hey, we're ready for install. And they go, cool, cool, cool. And then a the day off, they go change my mind. Those people you want to go after and say, Mr. Customer, mm -mm -mm. you have uh -uh, plenty of <laughs> updates. We're going to, we're going to have to ask you for a big cancel fee here. I kind of had a feeling you would say that just based on the fact that you did some free installations for customers, probably with a longer term referral business in mind when the Sun Edison thing went bent, went belly up. So I respect that. That makes a ton of sense to me. Chrissy, you have any feedback on any of that? I want to make sure to clue you in on some of this. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I am a hundred percent in line with what David is saying. So um, anything that he says, I would definitely say the exact same thing. In right. the exact there we, same there we go. <laughs> So last question I have for you guys. So solar is really only big right now in what? You guys know this, maybe 10, 12 states, 15 states max. Where are you seeing the future growth? Where Maybe where in the U.S., outside of the U.S.? Where, where is Titan going next, would you think? I think the future growth for our industry in general is going to be towards the Midwest. We already, solar is already pretty prevalent in the Southwest, you know, California and across the bottom. And then going up the coast, the power is pretty expensive. And then the Northeast, everyone knows the power is expensive in Jersey and Massachusetts and things like that. Mm -hmm. But people are not really focused on Ohio, Michigan, Indiana. And those states right now are dominated by a solar, a solar install company that charges 5 and $6 a watt and usually gets into every six months some kind of you know, legal issue because of people getting ripped off. <laughs> but the power there is still relatively expensive. You can find, uh, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I looked at a power bill for my parents and they're paying 16 cents for electricity. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Illinois right now. I'm talking to you from Chicago. It's 14 and a half through ComEd. So, and right. they just, so, and they just brought all these SRECs back. So it's a great market. Right. Yeah. And so people that are going to knock or farm customers in those States and it includes Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, all the way down to Kentucky and Indiana, that is going to be the next boom because as a salesperson might say it, the doors are soft. Like you knock on someone's door telling them nicest people in the Midwest, nicest people. And they're interested in getting this really cool product that they've seen commercials for that no one has hit them up for because they think, Oh, the sun never shines in Ohio. It does. <laughs> it's hot there in the summertime. So that is going to be the growth area. We're going to be licensed in Ohio in a couple of weeks and we're, we're hopefully going to launch really big there. We're licensed in places like Tennessee right now, but yep. there isn't a big launch. There isn't a big focus there yet because salespeople haven't realized it yet. But when a sales team says, hey, are you guys in Missouri? We go, yeah, we're licensed in Missouri. They go, great, we're sending a team out there. Here's 100 deals in one week. Yeah, it's a lot. We go, yeah, now we need, we need 20 install crews overnight because <laughs> you need one install crew per day per job. So, and then everything, every time you have a 10 or 11 KW, it's a two-day job. And is that, is that local hiring or are you guys shipping people out to train? Like, what, is that, what does that process look like? We hire local, but we ship people out to train. We have a set number of crews, especially from here, that we send out. We have uh, we will do blitzes. We'll send experienced crews from Yuma, from Phoenix, uh, El Paso tribe, travels mm -hmm. a lot. San Antonio travels a lot. Pensacola. The places, Pensacola travels a ton. The markets where the guys are used to traveling and used to teaching and showing new people. This is a, this is the Titan way because right. we do have a specific way we install. We're we're installing all the same things. 
panel racking inverter, but if they are if a crew learns how to do it, where this guy goes through and does that, that guy follows behind with that. We do have a little bit of a conveyor belt system to our install where it's not just everyone showing up and randomly throwing panels on the roof. Our newer markets are the ones that go the slowest because they have the least amount of training because they're new. Mm, that makes total sense. So just for the sake of time, because I know traditionally most of my audience loves these 30 to 40 minute episodes, <laughs> I want to give you both just an opportunity in closing to really just share anything you guys would like, advice for people maybe looking to get into the solar industry, some of your feedback, advice you might go back and give yourself, whatever works. And Chrissy, just because you've spoke the least in this, I'd love to give you the opportunity to go first and then we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. And I'd love for you both to just let everybody listening know where they can find you on social media to be able to just reach out to you and keep the conversation going. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I'll go. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. I was ready I for it. I was funny. ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought we were going to post. Yeah. Anyways. So I just want, you know, everybody to know that, um, the leadership that Titan has between, David and Kyle, since they have been there on the sales side and on the uh, install side, but mostly, you know, talking to the salespeople, like they understand what it's like um, to be dependent on the contractor doing their job and following through and being steady and being this dependent company um, that they choose to send their uh, deals to and their customers to. So um, every day that we have, you know, issues or stuff like that within our process we always try to do right by the salespeople. we never want them to feel unheard we never want them to feel like you know the titan is doing this because titan is just interested in their they have their own interests at um at heart not ours that's a hundred percent not the case um and i just think that a lot of people need to hear that and know that um every day we hear that you know, Titan is slow, this, that, whatever, but we are doing things and implementing changes to make sure that we are continuously bettering our process. Um, and feedback is how we're going to get that. So we're open to it. We love it. And we go on the road a lot and that's what we ask for. So we can come back and make some changes. So that's just what I would like everybody to know. Love it. And you where can, can they find, find Chrissy Unrod, C-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-O-N as R-O-D on Instagram. I love it. Well, you are, and just before David goes, I just have to say, I've worked with people that played high level administrative roles from the beginning and it, you are an unsung hero and you deserve the promotion, everything else that's coming your way because without somebody like you, none of this works. So I'm glad you had the opportunity to be on this because people need to hear more from you. So thank oh, you, Chrissy. Thank you. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Of course. David, finish us out. It's not like Chrissy's underpaid. Like if you guys want, I can, I'm sure I she's not. Video. I'll post her. No, w too. No, you guys will be embarrassed. no, it's fine. Um, what would I say uh, in closing for the industry? I'd say if you, if someone is getting in, wants to get into any kind of sales, the solar sale is one of the best sales you can make. People sell insurance, they sell cars, they sell homes. And those are all things that we need salespeople for. But when you can go to someone's house and you can sell them on getting power from the sun, power that they're already going to buy. You walk up to someone's door, you knock on the door and say, folks, are you using candles or electricity? And they say electricity, you go, oh my gosh, I have a deal for you. You're currently <laughs> spending this, you're gonna spend that. You have to buy it tomorrow anyway. It is such a great sale to make because the sales rep can make themselves a lot of money where they can feed their family and they can build wealth and hopefully that wealth transfers down to their kids 
the customer is going to save money on their electric bill sometimes sooner than later, depending on the, the uh, rate of power, depending on the market. And we, as the installer, get to employ four guys that get to go out and install your solar job. You sell five in a week, they're booked for the week. You sell 20 in a week, I get to have five to four, four or five teams of those guys and a field supervisor. So they're creating a ton of jobs that they might not even consider or realize how much effect they're having. A salesperson doesn't realize how much effect they're having on so many people helping them feed their families. So that's my uh, motivation these days is I'm going to grow Titan so we can have more employees and feed more families and build a bigger company. It's not because I need more stuff. I've got plenty of stuff. I'm not worried about getting richer. I'm content with what I have. I want to see more people making more money. And if I can be part of that and, you know, grow the company, that's fantastic. That's what I'm into. I love it. And a lot of just one other question popped in my head because a lot of solar salespeople listen to this. I'm going to post this in the Solar Pros Facebook group, 5,000 plus people in there. How important is it? Because I always made this a priority. How important is it? to bring lunch, Gatorades, how important is it for solar salespeople to show up and actually take care of the install crews? Installers really do appreciate it. Uh, it's one thing to bring them pizza and bring them subs and Gatorades and stuff. That is, it is awesome. Uh, it's another thing while you're there to network with them and tell them who you are. Say, my name is Sunny Rock. My name is whatever, right? Everyone knows who Sunny Rock is. But you, uh, <laughs> You make sure they know your name. And I would be encouraging any salesperson who has a market they regularly work in and they end up going to the same install crew's job, give them, uh, give them your card and say, refer me out to your friends and family. Because a solar installer, uh, every once in a while, a solar installer will come into the office and go, hey, my mom wants to get solar. What do I do? Right. I'm like, well, you can try to sell it yourself. He's like, well, I don't know how to sell it. I'd rather just have a salesperson do it and give me a referral. Right. Salespeople are missing out by not showing up at the job hitting the neighborhood while they're doing the construction, at least five point, two neighbors on either side, three across the street. And then you've got four guys that you can tell them, I'm going to give you a referral if you hand out my card to anybody walking by. And they give them the cards, put it on the, the hood of the truck and say, if someone walks by asking about what you guys are doing, hand them my card. It's such an easy way to get a referral in the industry. If you sell one customer, you're supposed to get a referral off that customer in some manner. You usually get three or four referrals one person is not interested. The other person has bad credit. The other one passes and you sell them. And then you start the cycle over again. Mm -hmm. And where can people find you on social, Dave? Uh, David Titan Williamson. That's my Instagram. Love it. At David Titan Williamson. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you both were an absolute pleasure to chat with. Your dynamic is awesome. So thank you both for being on here. And uh, I look forward to catching you guys on the next time on the, uh, the Girl to Go podcast. So enjoy your day. And thank you both so much for your time. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank thanks you. for having us. Appreciate it.